It's a radical thing in today's culture for a young man to reject what the culture tells him will make him happy in favor of what God is showing him will truly make him happy. These are the honest conversations of the men discerning the priesthood in the Diocese of Nashville, seminarians learning what it means to follow Christ's call. You're going to have to interact with the people and you're going to have to knock on their door and be like, hey, like, I haven't seen you in a while. Are you okay? Everything's going on. Dealing with the challenges. Sometimes I was like, boy, I wish I would have paid more attention in that class. <laughs> I'd be able to answer this question a little bit better. Let me get back to you. Finding the beauty. At least for us in our seminarian time, um, we have to do papers. We have to do all these things, but always uh, create some times where you're going to spend time with the Lord. This is the Nash Vocations Podcast. Adapted for Nashville Catholic Radio. Justin Farr, I'm the host of this, uh, this uh, episode about... Uh, Josh Bertram. Brent Thayer. Father Mark Simpson. Your assignment is uh, Father yeah, Ryan yeah. High School and stuff. And so, so what, what part does spiritual direction play in the life of the spiritual formation of a seminary? You know, I think uh, part of the reason why, why the church insists on us having spiritual direction is because, you know, it, it, it's... There's a temptation to let uh, let your your spiritual life and the way you're going to go about this be kind of like me and Jesus. And then the problem, the, the only the pitfall in that is if it's just you and Jesus, suddenly like you get to be the um, it, it ends up being you and yourself. You know, like you get to be the mm-hmm. the arbiter and decide. Well, th- I'm going to do this. Well, I'll make these changes. Well, it's just really nice to have someone else who has more experience in this. Um, and who's so, somewhat of an objective observer, just to kind of like bounce things off of, and like just like those those things that maybe you take for granted and you haven't even been thinking about. That you know, you just assume the answer to, to question A is answer B. Um, it's nice to have an objective observer who's not maybe not in, as invested in the outcome as you are to stop and say, well, have you thought about this? Have you tried this? You know, or even in terms of like building a prayer life, like building your own personal prayer rule, like. Not only the liturgy of the hours, but rosary, holy hour, uh, other devotions you might have, Lexio Divina, so reading the scriptures. Um, it's good to have someone else on the outside to help you, to, so that like they, they can kind of help you determine determine the difference between, you know, maybe maybe you should, at this point in your spiritual life should be doing X amount of work, you know, like or like not really, you know, well, X amount of prayer, or you know, or maybe it should be more like, well, I guess what I'm saying is like he can help to t- distinguish between what's an appropriate kind and of prayer for you at this time in your life versus where you really need to push yourself and, and seek growth. Yeah. The spiritual director, uh, yeah, they're, they're so important. And it was something I was so scared of when I first entered seminary because I never had a spiritual director before. I was like, oh man, I got to like talk to somebody that I don't really know. And it's not just about spirituality, but it's about like everything in your life, right? Because their spiritual director, you basically tell everything to, and, and he's there to help you spiritually along the way. And for some guys like, like, like me, when I first entered, I need someone to pull the reins back a little bit because I was so gung ho on like, oh man, like I'm in a seminary. I gotta, I gotta be a saint. Like I'm going to be fasting three days a week and I'm going to be praying, you know, a holy hour every day and do these things. And, and, so he was able to be like, hey, well, let's like, let's take it back. Let's work on praying our holy hour every day. Let's make sure we can uh, get up in the morning at a decent hour, go to bed at a decent hour. And I was like, oh, man, it's like so, so, much, so much practical wisdom, right, just to kind of rein it in a little bit. And so that's super important. And I, I had a great spiritual director uh, that was that I had the same one for seven out of my eight years. And then he retired and I got a new spiritual director who was also fantastic. Uh, but a lot of your understanding of who you are as a person coming to know yourself helps you to 
to then work on your spirituality and to set real tangible goals to work towards. And so the spiritual director really helps you hone in on that. And, and you mentioned a good part, like working on yourself as a person, working on yourself as a person. And uh, again, and, and that and that touches on another aspect of seminary formation. Again, working on yourself as a person, as a human being, mm-hmm. which which goes into human formation and stuff. And so, what are like um, again, what is human formation, and and what are some aspects of human formation in seminary? Well, I would say, yeah, I mean, human formation, yeah, it's, it's working on yourself. It's having that. What we've been talking about having that balance, you know, like with, with your say, for example, you're with your spiritual director, and we're just talking about, you know, you should you know, obviously work on doing your holy hour, and you think to yourself, you know, have all these like obligations, so like prayer, studies, and stuff. But yeah, it's like you need to take, you know, a look back at yourself and and just be a regular, normal person, you know, because we're not robots, yeah. you know, and that's what human formation is all about, like. Yeah, you're not called to be a robot as a priest. Like you're supposed to be formed uh, in, in forming yourself as a person, you know, growing in prayer and studies. But, yeah, I mean, but we still need to grow, you know, through, like, other aspects of our lives. And we do that by you know, our seminarian brothers. Um, we do that through even, like, our professors. And just, like, that interaction with people is very important. Yeah, I think uh, also, like, uh, th- th- this – Dimension of formation has to do with stuff like, you know, like Father mentioned earlier, am I going to bed at a decent hour? Am I getting up at a decent hour? Um, it has to do with like, you know, am I actually being healthy? Am I exercising? Am I eating eating well? You know, I mean, if uh, if I'm pursuing this vocation, perhaps to be a priest, you know, to be a priest of God and to be a priest for these people, like, am I taking care of my body so I can get the most out of this? You know, so that I can actually be a be healthy to be a good priest for them. Um, this has to do with like, am I well, like making sure not to neglect your social life in in favor of uh, intellectual life, right? I mean, like, yeah, we've got all the this work to do, and there's the temptation to pull an all nighter and 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 like try to get all this stuff done. Well, human formation is like, like, am I learning how to properly time myself so that by having using having that time management system, I can also then go to bed at a decent hour and make sure that I'm still around friends and doing those social things that human beings are supposed to do that we were made to do. Yeah, and also a big part of that uh, human dimension is I'll never forget this. I think this was one of the things that the uh, that was mentioned in the um, PPF. It was, is my personality a bridge for God and the people, or an obstacle? Like, and how do you make your, sure that your personality is that bridge for people to come to know our Lord? Right? Because if we're just like a, a whole bunch of nerds like Justin, right? Into <laughs> 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 the philosophy and everything. I'm just kidding. Taking the shots fired. <laughs> yeah, are we sure that's good human information right there? Taking yeah. shots. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. We're, con- formation is always continuing, gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, your personality also has to develop. And that, and that human dimension is so important because, right, Jesus it talks about how uh, the sheep know his voice, right? And he knows his sheep, right? And so that's a big part of the human dimension, right? Look, you, you, you got to know about the Tennessee Titans down here, man. Yeah. And you better be a Titans fan, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, uh, you know, get to know the people in Nashville, because that's really what the, the part of that spirituality of, of the, you know, the diocesan and priests is to be of service to his people. And so human formation is, okay, do you know those people, right? And not just yourself, but, but your people. And, uh, okay, 
Uh, so there's a, there's one aspect of it where it's like, okay, I need to grow as a man in certain, certain ways about, you know, going to bed on time, getting up earlier, or, um, you know, what time of the day do I pray best, right? Is it in the morning or is it in the afternoon, right? So knowing those kinds of things about yourself, but then also, um, like you have to just be kind of like well-rounded, okay, with whether it's with sports or golf. So like one thing I, I wanted to do was learn how to golf. I had never been golfing before I went to seminary. And somebody was like, well, man, as a priest, you go to all these little fundraisers and different things. And like a lot of them are like golfing things. I was like, well, boy, I, I guess I, I went back home. My dad had a uh, old uh, club set that was like my grandpa's. And I got one of the other seminarians used to be like a golf pro. And I got him to like teach me and everything. And you know, just this past year, I went to like three different golf fundraisers and I was like, boy, I'm glad I learned how to do a little bit of golf at seminary. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I would look like a fool and they'd be like, this is all priests are only good for is preaching at the pulpit. You know, (laughs) it doesn't even know how to swing a golf club, (laughs) you know, but, but there's like those little encounters where, you know, you can bring people closer to Christ. Christ is oftentimes, and before these great miracles or conversions, right? He's eating dinner with uh, Zacchaeus right or he's 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 got so he got accused of being with the sinners and these people that was the human pillar right there right to be able to be with people from all sorts of different backgrounds and to let your human dimension be an invitation to the church yeah i think kind of in that vein um i think one of, one of the big big parts of uh, the human formation dimension is i mean just basically imagine we get through seminary and we've not grown as a person at all and we're ordained a priest, and the way you, the way that we behave, like people look at us and say, "Man, Father is such a jerk." Like, do you think mm-hmm. Father Jerk is going to be a bridge between God and man? Is he going to be able to help somebody encounter Christ? I mean, I think human formation is just learning how to be a decent guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a very good point because at the ver- at the heart of every priest, I mean, like, is a decent human being. I mean, like, you can't just take. We, like no one just like oh you just plop down and be a priest and stuff and so like at, before you be, you can become a priest you gotta be like a human being first you gotta learn how to be a, a, a good man then you can be a good priest just as mm-hmm. like touching back to um, uh, intellectual formation in order how in, in order to be a good theologian you gotta be a good philosopher so it's a foundational type of thing and I mean and, and then and then of course like. Uh, like, like, continue being a nerd. I mean, in terms of <laughs> like to bring up this point, like, there's a theological element to this because, yeah. like, if you as a seminarian don't want to become like, a, like, if you st- if you kind of fight against formation in regards to becoming a, hum- a good human being, then then you're fighting against like your own example. I mean, you're fighting against the example that Christ gave you because if you don't want to learn how to become a human being, then how can you do what Jesus does? How can you become an alter Christus? When that same alter Christus became man, Christ became man. He became a human being. And so you need to become a human being so that you can go out there and do the things that he, that he did and stuff. And so like, but again, Doing the things that Christ did. And one of the things that Christ did was, again, ministering to the people. And we call in seminary formation, ministering to people, being a good pastor, being like the good shepherd, modeling himself, modeling ourselves in the life of the good shepherd. And so that brings us to the fourth 
component of the, the fourth dimension of seminary formation is pastoral. It's forming ourselves in the image and likeness of Christ the pastor. So what is pa- uh, pastoral formation and how, and how does it get done in seminary? Yeah, so, yeah, pretty much pastoral formation is learning to be at the service um, of people, basically. Um, for example, like St. Myron every semester we have, we're assigned um, for our pastoral ministry. Uh, my first semester, I was uh, helping out with uh, students at um, University of Southern Indiana. So we, uh, like three of us seminarians would, would go every week uh, to the Newman Center. We would just like, be around and just be in the presence of college students. And, uh, and then, see, the year after that, I was um, doing hospice ministry. So just being around, you know, older people um, and learning how to be, yeah, a servant to them. And just like learning myself, like, how do I bring God to these people, you know? Yeah, I had a couple of different experiences. So at, at seminary in this formation of the pastoral dimension, a lot of it is just trying to get little experiences doing different different. Uh, pastoral works, right? Like different things that a priest might have to do. And so like every year that could kind of change where like you could be doing catechesis uh, at a Sunday school um, for like second and third graders to uh, taking communion to the elderly and homebound the next year um, to doing prison ministry the next year. And uh, and then even when you go home for the summertime, a lot, of, a lot of seminarians get a pastoral assignment for the summertime. So even when people think like, oh, well, what are you going to do now? You're on summer vacation back from seminary. It's like, oh, well, I still need to work, uh, you know, as a seminarian on trying to, you know, form that kind of good shepherd, uh, you know, heart. And so you need to have these different experiences. And so sometimes you have to experience what the parish life is like by living with uh, a, a pastor and seeing what he does day in and day out, how he schedules out his day and how he deals with different situations um, and uh, and so sometimes your summer assignment might be, uh, you know, uh, more working with uh, teaching, like totus to us, being a missionary, or it could be just living at a parish. Um, and so there's a lot of different experiences you get, but like, oh man, my first my first pastoral uh, uh, assignment that I that I ever got in seminary was prison ministry. Like all these guys were like, oh man, I got to go uh, teach this this homeschool group, or like I'm going to visit. Uh, the elderly and taking communion, and I was like, "Prison ministry." I was like, "Lord have mercy." I was, <laughs> I'm going to. I was like, "I just one. got out." <laughs> just kidding, but I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, "This is gonna be interesting," and uh, it was. But I, I'll tell you what, it ended up being one of my favorite um, pastoral assignments. Uh, I just got to know some of the people in there that we were working with, and I think that's what the whole purpose of the pastoral assignments are. Is okay. Did you fall in love with this kind of ministry, right? And not every priest is going to be called to a specific kind of ministry, but you kind of have to be a jack of all trades, right? And so if you feel that tugging on the heartstring when you're working in in the catechesis or taking communion to the elderly or in prison ministry, those are all good signs, right? That you're right where you need to be and that your discernment is going well, right? And it's just kind of chipping away at the at the new man to try to form that shepherd's heart, right? So now after that experience, I had, I had a special place in my heart for, okay, prison ministry, right? And, and so someday when you're a priest, if you're at a parish, somebody in that parish 
right, might be in, in prison or somebody's family member might be in prison, okay? And you will understand better how to deal with that situation and how to deal with them and what they're going through because you had that experience in seminary. And so the kind of uh, job of the seminary is to give you as many of these different experiences as you can uh, so that uh, you can be more well-formed uh, as you get sent out into back out into the real world all of a sudden as a priest. But it really does help develop that sense of like, oh, yes, I care for, for these people now. And that's the big part of that pastoral dimension. Yeah, I've, over the over the years in seminary, uh, both at the seminary and then like on breaks when we're when I'm just on pastoral assignment back in the diocese. Um, I mean, I've, I've taught in grade schools. I've taught in I mean, I've taught I've taught classes uh, from first grade all the way through seniors, um, including like on like prep and things like that on Sunday. Um, I've been able to go on like hospital visits with priests and uh, like take communion to people who have who have been long term in the hospital. I mean, like these these sorts of experiences, uh, the truth be told, every single one of them are terrifying as I hop in the car to go the first time. And every single one of them without fail, it's been like, man, that was something. That's that's mm-hmm. something I'll remember. That's something I'd like to keep doing. Yeah. I, I can, you know, like I said before, I, I taught for a little bit. And just teaching, I realized that, oh, my gosh, like, I really like teaching younger people. You know, just that was kind of like a spark inside me. It was, was kind of like, yeah, maybe I'm called you know, to be a priest. And I can say that was a factor in me mm-hmm. looking into priesthood was, yeah, teaching religion. Um and just, I remember when I was at the Marian Fathers, I did um, a summer of hospital um, ministry. And like that, to me, it was awesome. Like I had a lot of powerful experiences. And um, yeah, so you really do get this sense of, yeah, this love for a particular kind of ministry. And so now we've done a very good job of kind of talking about each individual pillar. So intellectual formation, learning how to think with the mind of the church so you can teach the church. Spiritual formation, learning how to pray with the with the pray with the intentions of the church so as to be a great intercessor. Pastoral formation, forming that I mean uh what, what we talk about human formation first. Human formation, learning how to become a good human being so that you can become a good Catholic priest, and then we rounded it off with pastoral formation, forming that pastor's heart so that you can give that same heart to your people and really devote your the rest of your life in love, in the service of love of God's people and church. And so when all these things come together in formation, come together and they add to something. They all add into an essential component of priesthood. And how does how would you describe, especially you, Father, because you're, you're like, and you've been like already. You're not only that you came to the end process, the end result became the end result. You're even beyond formation, beyond the end result of seminary formation. And so your your advice on it would be very key as well. But of course, everybody um, is welcome to provide their input as well. When you bring all four of these four uh, dimensions together mm-hmm. in priesthood, what does that look like? And how and like and and what what is the church looking for 
when all these things come together and interlock. I think the church is looking for a saint. <laughs> I think I've, I, I'm a little short of that right now. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I've left. So I was like, I don't know if I'm so much of a, a success story or a failure right now. <laughs> With all these eight years of formation in seminary, like, you know, you always, what you realize at the end of the day is that, man, I need the, I need to be better. I need to be more. And so that desire right, has to be there to continue your intellectual formation, your pastoral formation, your human formation. As you get to know the people of God as a priest, right, and those are your people, right, and your love for them will spur you on to uh, to want to continue to progress in those things because what you find out is that the people of God are awesome and they deserve a good priest. And, like, I don't know why the Lord called me. Lord have mercy. He should have called somebody a little bit smarter, wiser, holier, but, but he called me. Right. And so how do I answer this call? And as a priest, it's like, Ooh, it's such a beautiful thing to do. But at the same time, you're like, okay, at the high school, boy, I had to learn a lot of things real quick at the high school. Lord have mercy. A lot has changed since I was in high school. Heavens <laughs> to Bessies. I didn't understand half the stuff was coming out of their mouth. The music that they're listening to, don't even get me started, Lord. But there's also a lot of good things going on. But you do, you have to get to know the people that you're working with. And so then it's like, okay, uh, Right. As soon as I start using some of the lingo they're using, they stop using it. <laughs> they're like, oh, man, the priest said that. I can't say that anymore. <laughs> but uh, but you find out that, you know, you get people in your parish that they may be uh, heavily into uh, construction work. Right. You know, it's, and uh, and so you learn a little bit about construction. Right. That way, when you talk to them, you can, you know, they, they feel like, you know, them. Right. People want to want to. They want to feel that their priest understands them and knows them, right? So the priest like going and 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 eating dinner with a family, right? That's so important sometimes, and that's a big part of formation that uh, I think sometimes maybe gets underlooked, but is super important for establishing that relationship, right? Ultimately, the relationship we're trying to establish there is that relationship with Christ, right? And hopefully, our personality doesn't stand in the way, but is that bridge. Uh, but man, as you fall more in love with your ministry, as you get to start doing these things in the sacraments, it just really makes you th- realize how important all these dimensions are and how you still need to work on them. Right when I finished seminary, I was like, thank goodness, I don't have to do any of that stuff again. Eight years, baby. <laughs> Adios, amigos. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm finally going to get paid for this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But and then all of a sudden you, you get your first assignment, you fall in love with these people and, and you want to be a better priest for them. And you realize just how important all of those aspects of formation are so that all of a sudden I was getting asked these questions and I was like, boy, man. I would not have been able to respond if I if I didn't like have this philosophical background or remember some. And then sometimes I was like, boy, I wish I would have paid more attention in that class. <laughs> I'd be able to answer this question a little bit better. Let me get back to you. Yeah. Well, and like as far as like just how all four of these come into play, like already, like still some years away from ordination, God willing, like I'll be standing outside after mass talking to people, just having what's, what's a casual conversation. And next thing I know, they're asking me about the Council of Chalcedon. And I'm like, where did you hear about that? Okay, let's talk. Yeah. Or... uh or like they'll uh, we'll be chit chatting, and all of a sudden they just drop some really heavy thing that's happening in their family, and you just you just got to go, you gotta you gotta roll with it right then and there. I mean, like yeah. that's that's why we very intentionally practice all these things, because like 
deer in the headlights is not the, the appropriate response when someone drops some really big information that they want to talk about. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> 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 Sorry, can you repeat that? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, when I think about uh, all these four dimensions coming together, and I think about a huge role model for me, Pope John Paul II, and he was just the perfect example of somebody, you know, even though, I mean, he's, he's Pope, but I mean, he's still, he's still a priest. And he was all things to all people. Like, whenever he did a lot of traveling, and he, whenever he went to a, a new place, you could always tell, like, he was there with the people. He you know, took a part, like, in their customs. And uh, he's, like, to me, he's, like, the spitting image of someone who, who, who has, like, all of these four dimensions. Oh, yeah, definitely. Paul II, definitely. So. Yeah, and, and definitely, like, I mentioned, I, I didn't mention before, it's, like, there's the very key word intersection. Mm-hmm. And, like, how it's almost like lightning rods in which they like uh all kind of, all four kind of come together like bam mm-hmm. like bam mm-hmm. bam right. again wrapping all this up like there is a one there's like a simple kind of three uh term three kind of phrases that you're going to hear a lot in seminary formation and that's self-knowledge self-acceptance and self-gift and all these things like player and all these things come together and seminary formation these these four pillars are supposed to help you in self-knowledge, self-acceptance, and self-gift. And so for guys that are listening to this, you learn a lot about that more when you come to seminary. And so we pray for you to come to seminary or like uh, discern God's will. And so we can end on that note. And so just as we talk about just the seminary formation is about self-knowledge, self-acceptance, and self-gift, we hope that we have given you the, the opportunity to come to a greater knowledge of seminary formation. And we hope that you accept and receive, you have accepted and received what we've given here today. And we hope that, above all, this has been a gift to you. And so we thank you for joining us here in the Nash Vocations Podcast for Dimensions of Formation. And again, and I'm Justin Farr. This is Josh Bertram. Brent Thayer. Father Mark Simpson. And God bless you, and we'll see you later. This has been an adaptation of the Nash Vocations podcast for Nashville Catholic Radio in conjunction with the Vocations Office of the Diocese of Nashville. Shining the light of our Catholic faith in everyday life. This is Nashville Catholic Radio, 100.5 FM and streaming at NashvilleCR.com. I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org.